Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I spoke uh, yesterday to Jovan Buha of The Athletic and he presented a scenario I hadn't really heard or thought of uh, before, quite frankly. So I'm going to expound on that. Uh, but first, there's a lot going on in Brooklyn that I just that needs to be addressed. I'm sure by now you have heard that the Nets are uh, not going to suspend or really punish Kyrie Irving in any way. I'm sure by now you have heard that the NBA has taken the same approach. Uh, months ago, we heard that the NBA was not going to enact their own suspension of Ime Udoka as Boston handled it internally. Um, that apparently cleared the runway for him to forego that suspension apparently and get hired by the Brooklyn Nets uh and and you know what we've found out is that it wasn't some victimless crime that that uh Udoka was responsible for in Boston um and and by the way the rhetoric that Kyrie Irving has has um stamped his platform with is also not some victimless crime. Anti's, uh, anti-Semitism is uh, rampant and just continues to go up because, of course, it is. Uh, and, and, you know, it all sucks. Everything that's going on in Brooklyn really sucks. All of it really makes you question a lot of, of what we think of the NBA. And I think most disappointing to me there's a couple things that are really disappointing here. Obviously, the actions, right? Obviously, Ime Udoka being rewarded with another job it, mid-suspension sends a terrible message to everybody. Obviously, Kyrie Irving posting that shit on his social media platform and then defiantly uh, defending his ability to do so and not once you know, questioning why anybody would find it offensive. Um, all of that stuff, obviously, is what I'm most dis- disappointed in. But I don't really have a really high bar for for Kyrie Irving. I honestly don't even have a very high bar for the NBA when it comes to um, making sure that people who do wrong uh, don't get rewarded a- a- after the fact. And, and this, is, this isn't even specifically an NBA thing. Deshaun Watson is the highest paid player in the NFL, and he seems to be just a heinous person. So, like, I'm not, I'm never really shocked at uh, the priority system here and how really talented people can get away with more. Um, that doesn't, that'll never surprise me. But it's been a real bummer to, to, to not hear, really, from Adam Silver. And, and then when we did hear from the um, NBA, uh, there, here's, here's the official statement from the NBA on uh, Kyrie Irving. And, and, and you'll notice that something important here is missing as they address Kyrie Irving. Quote, hate speech of any kind is unacceptable and runs counter to the NBA's values of equality, inclusion, and respect. We believe all have a role in, uh, to play in ensuring such words or ideas, including anti-Semitic ones, uh, are challenged and refuted, and we will continue working with all the members of the NBA community to ensure everyone understands the impact of their words and actions. 
Uh, then the NBPA released a statement. Anti-Semitism has no place in our society. The NBPA is focused on creating an environment where everyone is accepted. We are committed to helping players fully understand that certain words can lead to health, hateful ideologies being spread. We will continue to work on identifying and combating all hate speech wherever it arises. So both of those statements, um, they don't mention Kyrie. <laughs> uh, they, 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 you know, it's like, it's like the NBA and the NBPA just woke up today and was like, Hey, you know what? Just so everybody knows we stand against uh, people saying mean stuff, right? There's no reason we're saying this. We just woke up and decided to release that statement and it misses the point. How do you not mention Kyrie Irving when he's the person responsible for, for spreading that anti-Semitism? And, and by the way, like, where is the rest of the NBA on this? Where are other players standing up to say, hey, man, that's not cool. When Robert Sarver was, uh, you know, when, when, when it was found out that Robert Sarver was saying the N-word, there were plenty of people screaming at the top of their lungs that there is no place in their league for that. So clearly not all hate speech uh, reaches the bar upon which it needs to be denounced by, by players on social media. I don't, I, I've been looking, I don't think I've seen any current players denounce it. Uh, that's not great. <laughs> Haven't heard from Adam Silver either. And, you know, this is a situation here where Adam Silver, like, I don't, I, I just, I find it hard to believe that had this gone on with David Stern in charge, that Kyrie Irving wouldn't be even fined by the NBA, right? Uh, that I <laughs> we're days removed from him putting up and eventually taking down that tweet, um, but we're days removed from this, and it's the latest example of Kyrie Irving's erratic behavior, and we're still waiting on on a statement, you know, from Adam Silver on how he feels the league should handle hate speech, uh, it, all of it is bad, right? They handled it when Anthony Edwards, they find Anthony Edwards for speaking against the the uh, LGBTQ community. Uh, rightfully so, they they need they they needed to nip that in the bud. Um they they stay on top of it anytime a race is is uh spoken against in an offensive manner. What's the difference here with uh the Jewish community? Why is this one seemingly okay or more okay based on the lack of a punishment and the lack of a statement from Adam Silver, who, by the way, is Jewish, you know? And, and that doesn't mean that because he's Jewish that, he, that, that there is more onus, play, onus placed on, on him and his responsibility to react to this stuff. That would be unfair. But because of the position he holds— Saying something seems like the right thing to do here, and and, and yeah, I, I I just the all of it sucks, all of it, and and it makes me call into question. And, and honestly, like I I want the NBA to just stop with all the bullshit and stop pretending like they are this socially aware league and they they stand for social justice. N no, man, not when Yudoka gets hired after being allegedly so gross behind the scenes 
that a team that was just led to within a couple games of a championship told that guy to go home and is now okay with him going to a division rival. Like that guy's behavior was so disgusting that the Celtics are like, you know what, man, fuck it. Just go go over there. Be, you're their problem now, right? That guy now has a job. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, we've seen plenty of guys get that get these second chances with uh, allegedly criminal behavior and in some cases actually criminal behavior. Um, and, and look, once you do your time, you do a, you know you do get the opportunity to be a functioning member of society. But being a functioning member of society doesn't necessarily include the privilege of playing in the NBA and playing professional sports and making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars and living a lifestyle that 99.9999999% of everybody else will never even, you know, can't even realistically dream of. Uh, I, I just, I find all of this really sad uh, as somebody who has kids who I can't wait to teach Avery and Miles about, you know, basketball and, and all of the great things that has done for, for my life and my family's lifestyle. I can't wait to uh, sit down and, and tell her about all of the great basketball I've been able to watch over the years. But part of that conversation is going to be some of this stuff, some of the stuff that's in the shadows. And eventually when she's mature enough, I'll, I'll, I'll have to sit down and have a conversation with her about players and coaches and, and whomever else uh, and, and the actions that they took that brought disgrace to the league. I would just hope that when I do so, part of that story, especially as it pertains to stuff like this, like hate speech, stuff that the NBA claims to stand against, I hope that one day part of that story is, yeah, they were fined at the very least. And yet, to this point, still waiting. I'm going to play this quick clip. I'm awkwardly segueing away from that, but I'm going to be playing a quick clip uh, from my show on Monday uh, in which Jovan Buha presented a scenario that I had not really taken into account. Yeah, well, th- there are still conversations being had and, and you know, ongoing conversations, and, and that that's always a thing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move before Thanksgiving. Uh, I-, I think just kind of looking at it like you know december 15th is, is a key date where certain you know free agents signed can be traded and, and january 15th is another one uh, mm-hmm. so that just widens the pool of potential deals that you can make by by waiting that long um i, I also think for the Lakers, like i think in a disaster scenario where the lakers go five and 20 at the 25 game mark like that is maybe a scenario um, you know, from, from my understanding that they would potentially pull the plug on it and just be like, okay, like we're going to stand pat and, um, you know, this roster is what it is that this is kind of like a lost season and mm-hmm. there's really no point in going for it when we're this far behind. Um, so th- that's like, I think the, the one scenario in which they, they wouldn't continue to pursue this, but, um, my understanding is they are going to continue to pursue this. So to be absolutely clear, and he says this, that he doesn't really see the Lakers not pursuing some actual kind of a trade. And, and if the Lakers were to arrive at 5-20 and 20 without having made a trade, 
I would be borderline shocked, right? Because we already started to hear the rumblings and the frustrations from fans when the Lakers were merely 0-5. Now they sit at 1-5, and if they were to go 4-15 from here on out um, without some kind of a trade or without the pressure getting so high or mounting to a point where the Lakers feel the need to absolutely make a trade, uh, I would be pretty surprised. But if they did reach that point and didn't pull off a trade and decided not to, you know, essentially consider if they reached a point where they considered this season a, a lost venture, uh, merely 25 games into the season, I just don't see how nobody from the executive branch of, of this organization doesn't lose their jobs or doesn't have their roles diminished. Rob Polinka was extended, and in all likelihood, he is going to be with the Lakers for the next four years. But if the Lakers were to reach this point and and did have to wind up ride a, riding off yet another LeBron season, uh, I, I think the Lakers would have to hire somebody above him, slot him back in the general manager position, and 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 bring in some more adults into the room. I, that doesn't mean Jesse Buss. That doesn't mean Joey Buss. No offense to those guys, but the Lakers need successful experience in their front office. Right now, they don't have any. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Quick reminder, check out the Taco Tuesday guys from yesterday as they talk about everything going on surrounding the Lakers and get you ready for the matchup against the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, get ready also for the uh, conversation ahead of us following tonight's game against those Pelicans. And and then, yeah, that'll get us going for the rest of the week um, as as we continue to cover this, this unrelentingly dramatic Lakers team. So until the next time I talk to you, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good week.